All right, guys, it's time for another episode. What do we have today? Hey, I'm I'm excited that there's three of us on the podcast again. You know, we've been doing these solo events and the, the two people events. So, you know, we finally got the team back together. So we're fully staffed. We, we had some staffing issues for a period of time. Hey, um, like most sleep labs right. <laughs> <laughs> that are out there, but we're, everybody's back. So we're, uh, oh. we're, we're blessed today to um, have Jerry help me with the, make sure I, we pronounce this correctly. Hey, Dr. Funke Afalabi Brown. Yes, Dr. Brown. And I just stick with Dr. Brown because, you know, I'm a, a slow Southern guy. So it's, uh, it's the best I can do. But, you know, when you talk about the people who've, probably made some of the, the greatest impacts in sleep medicine this year. You know, Dr. Brown has sort of come, I, I don't want to say that she's come out of nowhere, but, you know, she started doing some sleep conferences earlier in the year. And, you know, the momentum for her um, professionally has just skyrocketed. I mean, it, you know, just about any sleep event that you see anywhere, she's going to be a part of the agenda. She's a, a speaker that people want to have participate in their conferences. Um, you know, she's just such a, a bright light in, uh, you know, in this field and, and people want to be a part of that. So we're, we're very fortunate today to have her with us and, and I'm excited about what she's going to bring to the table. We were really lucky to have met her. At least I was, and I'm, I'm not sure. I can't remember if you guys had met her before, but, uh, when we did, uh, did the Philly sleep conference, that was really cool to have a chance to meet with her and got to see her passion in person. And you're right. She's all over social media. She's at all the conferences. So I agree with you. It's, I think it's going to be an exciting show. I'm looking forward to like like all our guests hearing her story because to have the passion she does, there's got to be a great story behind that. So it'll be fun to to peel that onion back and and really just see you know what it is that's got her so fired up and energetic to impact sleep the way she's doing right now. Absolutely. All right. Let's do it, you guys. Let's do it. You guys ready? Let's do it. Yep. All right. On to the show. Now a word from our sponsor, MedBridge Healthcare. MedBridge Healthcare is a leading provider of sleep lab management services and home sleep apnea testing. MedBridge partners with hospitals, healthcare systems, and medical academic institutions to offer comprehensive, fully integrated services for sleep disorders. Lights out. Welcome, everyone, once again to another episode of Sleep Tech Talk, the sleep podcast with your hosts and friends, Emerson Kerr, Robert Miller, and me, Dr. Gerald George Moneykarov. Hey, folks, once again, another fantabulous episode we have here for you with a fabulous guest. Cool thing is, if you're on any of the social media, you see her there all the time. And I don't want to steal the thunder here. And before we move forward, a huge thanks to our sponsors. We can't do this uh, show without them, and so be sure to check them out. Also, we can't do this show without you, so thank you all so much for joining us, all the viewers out there, all the listeners out there. We're doing this for you, and and we, we really enjoy it, and so thank you so much for that. Don't forget to like. Don't forget to hit the ratings. 
Don't forget to comment. And most importantly, do not forget to share this with your friends to all the thousands of sleep techs out there and even more sleep professionals. Be sure to share it with them. With that being said, Robert, what's going on today? You didn't say your name so that I don't have to. Well, you want me to do that? <laughs> Please. <laughs> so, Robert, we have Dr. Funky Afalabi Brown on the show today, don't we? Yes, we have Dr. Brown with us today, uh, who is the, the CEO of Restful Sleep MD. Uh, she was previously with the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Um, she is a keynote speaker. She's a best-selling author. Um, she's a pediatric sleep specialist and probably in the absolute who's who of celebrity sleep specialists across the country. Everybody knows Dr. Brown. And uh, if you've been to a sleep conference this year, I bet that you've, you've probably heard her uh, speak. So we're excited to have her today. We want to hear a little bit about her story and, and you know what she's up to these days. So Dr. Brown, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm really excited to be here. I'm humbled by you guys. You all are so intimidating. And <laughs> I've been looking forward to being on this podcast. And so I'm so excited to talk with you. We're glad you're so glad you're here. And uh, I don't say we're intimidating, just our microphones. That's all. So, <laughs> yeah. So, could you tell us a little, little bit about yourself, Doc, and how you got into, into sleep health? Yeah. So, you know, I think really I would say my interest in sleep or my realization of the need for sleep started back from when I was. Um, in medical school in Nigeria. So I went to medical school in Nigeria and like pretty much every physician or anyone within the healthcare space that I know, sleep was in short supply, right? So I was burning the candles on both ends. I was exhausted all the time, like exhausted people called me exhausted, right? So, and this was because there's that narrative of, you know, you just don't sleep. So you're burning the candles on both ends. You're preparing for test exams and you know, that just kind of got me. And, you know, the thing about with sleep, right, with most of us as young, younger, we can, I feel like we could tolerate that sleep deprivation a little bit. But as we get older, it starts to take the toll on us, right? So fast forward to medical school, and then my residency, that pattern just continued. And I, I struggled. And then, you know, the kids showed up and Apparently, they don't come with a manual. That's one. And they don't they don't come aware of your history. <laughs> so they don't come thinking, OK, we're going to take it easy on you. So, you know, so now we're combining physician in training. I had my kids during my training and, you know, and, and, and taking shifts, right? My calls at work and then going back to pick on my to pick up my shifts as a mom. And eventually I just hit a wall, right? I burnt out very early and I'll never forget. I, there was a time my mom was actually, she was still alive at that time. And she came to help me with the kids. And I literally kept driving and I just found, I blanked out. I blanked out for miles and miles away from home. And that was the scariest thing. And I got back home. I just like broke down and I said, you know what, this, this has to change. And so I really then started to set boundaries. I started to ditch that perfectionist superhero mentality that I had. I embraced <laughs> my humanity, right? And my life changed after that. And it was, it came with just taking deliberate steps to protect my health, to protect my sleep. And I saw the anxiety go down. I saw my 
mood better. I saw that I could actually remember things and I, I wasn't yelling like I was. So you know how we talked about all those different aspects of sleep and health. And it was almost like an experience I had that I, I just couldn't unsee. And so that really motivated me, even after getting my pediatric training and my pediatric pulmonary training to then pursue sleep medicine fellowship. And I did, you know, I trained at Penn, I started along the research path. But then one other thing I was seeing in my clinical practice was the way moms were coming in to see me with their kids. These moms were tired, right? You weren't seeing a fabulous, like well-rested mom bringing a tired kid. You were seeing a tired kid brought in by a mom who had no clue like me how she even got to my practice. And so that really then motivated me to step out on my own to build my practice, which is really a coaching and consulting program for moms. And then I recently just started my own private practice, the Restful Sleep Place, where a lot of our focus is a very holistic approach to sleep care in, in parents, in their children, and even in professionals, because uh, many of us tend to be high achievers and sleep is definitely something that's put on the back burner. So that's how I made it here. <laughs> well, I know that you have definitely made the conscious decision to, you know, speak at, at many different sleep conferences and you do a lot of yeah. social media work and, and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it would be easy to just practice in your part of the world and, and yeah. see your patients and go home at the end of the day. You know, what, what made you uh, become so passionate that you needed to share? And I'm glad you did, by the way. Yeah, you know, that is the point right and I think that was where it was a pivot for me where I just realized that I couldn't stay within the confines of that exam room anymore right I was making impact one-on-one -on -one. like I was helping parents I was helping their children but I wasn't touching enough people right even if those parents those families stepped out to tell people about me to come to my practice I could only see a certain number of patients a day so for me to get the word out there about, hey, guys, this thing we call sleep is literally the foundation of everything. It's literally a true superpower that has not really been harnessed as we should. I needed to get out there and get really loud. And I think that was really what it was. It was a way of um, getting my voice heard so that more people can start to have that awareness. And one thing I tell people is I help professionals, I help parents and I help their children change their relationship with sleep. It's that mindset shift to say, you know what? Sleep is not a luxury. It is critical and foundational to our existence. But then I also connect that with how to sleep using, you know, truly how to get the good sleep that you need using evidence-based strategies and things like that. So I think that was really what motivated me because I really wanted to, I wanted to get out there more so that more people knew about what was going on when they slept well and what would happen when they don't when they don't sleep well. Dr. Brown, that's exciting. When you think about how you made that transition, what were some of the surprises? You know, when you you, know, you make that leap forward, you're leaving such an established institution and you make this leap out there. What were some of the big surprises, good and bad, that you encountered when you made that made that transition? Yeah, you know, it's um that's a great question. So uh, quite a few, a couple of people thought I was making career suicide <laughs> because it's like, okay, what are you doing now? You want to be a, you know, but um, so there was a lot of fear and uncertainty. Like, what does this look like? 
But I think my what kept me going is what if I don't do it? What if I don't use this gifts, this um, skill and knowledge I have to empower others? Then is this just going to be it? Will I just be sort of run of the mill doing the same thing again and again? So I, I allow that to drive me forward. Now, what has that been like? What's been my I think my big biggest surprise, even though I sort of expected it was that being an entrepreneur <laughs> Okay, it's not for the faint-hearted. <laughs> you literally and figuratively have to put yourself out there. There are moments you have to be vulnerable. There are, I noticed that one of the things that makes me connect so well with people is the relatability of my story. So I'm not just showing up as, oh yeah, this is what they, this is what the research shows. Because yes, the research is very compelling, but I am telling you, here I am. I have walked this walk. And I have experienced, and this is what I have done in combination with what the research shows. So it has helped me connect with people in a way that I never imagined that I, I did even in this relatively short term time, right? And also the platforms and the opportunities I've had to places I've been able to speak at um, and the way people have embraced my story and been able to take on some of the strategies and and the knowledge I share and apply it and run with it. And people telling me that their lives are changed. I'm almost tearing up just saying that, or just, you know, those kind of things. Like I thought I had it. I thought I had the potential to make that change, but I didn't anticipate how big a transformation I would be seeing in people. So um, I would say those, that's probably one of the biggest surprises. Um, I would say the hard parts is, yeah, there are some times when the motivation is not there. And I'm like, oh, what was I even thinking? <laughs> and realizing that actually motivation is not always needed. So I have some mentors and coaches that have told me that, like, if you're waiting to do something, if you're waiting for just motivation to keep you going, I mean, the motivation, it may be what you need to get started, but on that journey, there will be times when it's not sexy. There will be times when it's not fun. There'll be times when you're just like, you know what? I'm wasting my time. And so motivation in in alone is not all you need. You need that why in front of me, in front of you. And that why really to create literally global impact. I keep that, that in front of me and that keeps me going. You know, to shift a little clinically, you had mentioned back when you were in medical school, being tired and being a mom and all of those things. One of those things that we hear a lot mm -hmm. on this show is how women are overlooked in sleep. You know, mm -hmm. so when you're taking care of the whole family and you're mm -hmm. you've got this approach, how often do you have to really work with the mom to understand that it's not that she's just a mom and just a professional and all these? How do you how do you address that? Because there's that's a common theme we see among many of our guests. How do you tackle that with your moms that you work with? Yeah, you know, the biggest question I ask at the end of it, once I'm done evaluating their child and figuring things out, is just turning around and asking, how are you? And that question has had so many moms crying in my office because many times they're exactly the caregiver, the professional, they're the ones that have been They've been expected to stand for their families and just figure it out and deal with their own issues later. So when they hear that, how are you? And I'm just not just asking it out of, um, you know, being polite, but really wanting to know, because I realize that for that child, for whatever strategies I give, 
if mom's not in a good place, it's just a joke. Like, okay, yeah, your child needs has sleep apnea and needs CPAP. Oh, oh, sure, of course. You know, like if they're not in a good place, we need we need mom's buy-in. And so we need to make sure that we're focusing on the family as well, um, focusing on dynamics in the family for us to be able to get that full buy-in when it comes to treatment. So that's really been my approach. And then that that's when they're burnt out, they're doing too much, you know. It's a, you know, my clinical practice as an employee physician did not give me as much time as I would like to really delve into those details. In my private practice now, it's a very holistic. We spend a fair amount of time talking about helping mom set boundaries, not just with the kids, but at work, helping her figure out how she can delegate, helping her figure out how she can create some me time for herself so she can get the sleep she needs. And also prodding a little deeper to make sure that she gets evaluated if she has a sleep issue as well. So that's really been my approach, really looking not just as the child, because the child is not in isolation. Um, and it's been it's been really eye-opening to see the layers of things that are going on. Um, I had a I had a let me give you an example of that. So I had a teenager that shows up, <clears throat> you know always in bed, right? And so they were coming to see me because they were concerned, you know, she may have delayed sleep day syndrome and she had really low sleep drive and all that stuff. And her mind was racing, she had insomnia. And I just find that incredibly gratifying to kind of peel through the layers. And it turned out that, you know, by the time we delved into it, of course, yes, she had some shifts in her circadian rhythm. Yes, she did have psychophysiologic insomnia. But what was driving this was avoidance behaviors because of the pressure she was getting from her parents. So there was a parenting issue that was making her just run straight to her bedroom at 4 p.m. after school and stay in bed. And then she can't sleep. Of course, she's not going to be able to sleep. She's sitting in bed all day. There's no drive to sleep. There's no exposure to light. Right. So I could have prescribed meds till I was blue in the face. But we needed to fix that. We needed to then say, okay, what's up with this family dynamic right now? And so we were able to get them into therapy. She could leave her room and do other things. She could then start to engage in walking the dog and chores, you know. They came for sleep, but it became a whole big thing. And so that's why we have to look at sleep. Is You know, it just involves every part of our lives. And one of the things I talk about is, restful sleep does not just start at night it starts from the moment we wake up right how are we reassessing and realigning our circadian rhythms are we exercising are we eating well what are our social connections like right so that we're not just picking one thing and trying to fix that one thing we have to kind of take that step back so that's just one example <laughs> sometimes i've become a marriage counselor sometimes i've become a parent therapist like it's all kinds of stuff but it's been wildly fun you know, it's it's interesting to have physicians like you who will take on these complicated, complex patient populations. And, you know, so God bless you for, for doing that, um, you know, yeah, because it's not your run of the mill. Here's your CPAP yeah. device for your, oh, for oh, your sleep way, apnea. Yeah, I should actually uh, mention that kid actually had sleep apnea too. <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Are you a sleep tech looking for new opportunities? Well, MedBridge Healthcare is one of the largest employers of sleep technologists, and they are growing. If you are a sleep technologist interested in a new position, potential paid relocation, or looking for a career advancement, consider a career with MedBridge Healthcare. 
Now back well, to the thank show. Thank you for taking on that that tough patient population. We need more doctors like you who are willing to 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 take a more holistic approach to uh, to treating sleep disorders. Uh, talking about that sort of thing, Doc, uh, how would you describe your practice? Or if you were to, if somebody asked you on the street, what do you do for a living? So tell us a little bit about the practice and uh, and what it encompasses. Yeah, absolutely. So really, our my sleep practice right now is all telemedicine. And we are we provide services, medical, psychological um, and behavioral sleep services to kids and young adults, as well as their families. And so our services will go from anywhere from tackling, you know, behavioral insomnia to medical sleep disorders, circadian rhythm disorders, but also looking at it from a sort of like a holistic and family values lens Um in, in terms of our approach. I love the fact that I could work by telemedicine because one of the things that I've found that's been a huge, that made a huge difference in my practice is actually seeing what's going on in the home. Um, you know, even if I was saying, I want you to create a nuke as a teenager, for instance, I want you to create a nuke in your room. Okay, let's go to your room. Let's figure out where we could put that area where you can actually practice stimulus control okay how about that we could put like a beanbag in there we could make it set it up with some books and some activities you could do when you don't sleep so it really then helps me see and be kind of a part of strategizing what those treatment options are so they don't just feel like they're being given handouts to figure it out on their own so i i found that fascinating and i would i would say uh robert and emerson both agree with this that when we were in clinic Mm -hmm. uh, when we were on the clinical side, this was something that was often lacking and we would be getting, just like Robert showed the passion and excitement when he heard this is, is to be able to say that, Hey, this, you know, when patient comes in, I'm not sleeping well. Well, that's why you come into a sleep clinic or you're snoring. That's, you know, that's the other one. And then instead of just saying, okay, run a sleep study, put them on CPAP and then here you go, or, or, or take, take this at night and here you go, or give them ProVigil or whatever the uh, uh, stimulant is so that you stay awake during the daytime. But when somebody approaches the, the patient in this manner, where they are actually trying to figure out, like you said, you found out that it's not just the child or it's not just the, yeah. uh, the mother. It's, it's, it's that whole nucleus, that whole family where you had to now, become a counselor of sorts and then provide therapy for the entire family unit where not only did you improve the sleep situation but now you improve the entire family and it's almost like you're now not a sleep practitioner anymore you're a general practitioner and it's it's wild to hear that and that makes all of us excited to to listen to this yeah no thanks i, I mean i think for me that's the most rewarding thing but the sleep we get to fix um and I just, I think it was the frustration that I had experienced in when I had my traditional practice of, well, why didn't they? Why did we implement this? And then you know what we would call those kids? We'll call them non-compliance. We would label them. But then it, it really does take getting on their side to see what are those barriers, right? What's getting in our way of getting you the help you need, right? These kids are already running truancy in school. They have no hard time waking up. And so before we add more labels to them, being able to help step back and really get on their side to help understand what's going on. Um, and I think that's really been one of the biggest and one of the most rewarding things that I 
um, that I've enjoyed in this that really came from the place of, oh, okay, I'm going to go out and do this. But it's it's really been an eye opener. And that, you know, those kids wake up, they're cranky. Sometimes they're not the enemy. <laughs> they just really sleep deprived with so many issues. They don't know how to figure it out. Um, and their sleep is suffering as a result of that. And it's creating that vicious cycle. And so helping families tease out what is what has been, has been really beautiful to do. Well, I, I know that you have had a, a, an extremely busy 2023. So can you give us some insight as to some of the things that you have on tap for 2024? Because I'm sure you've got your, your schedule's already filling up. It, it's insane. There's, there was so much, so much. I, I didn't imagine that 2023 would be like this. So, you know, 2024, it will be more of what I've been doing, a lot of speaking in the in these spaces. I think a, a, another group of pe um, people that have really been very interested in understanding more about what sleep looks like when it comes to their performance and productivity is um, organizations. So I really want to take this to an organizational level. Um, so I have a few opportunities coming up, which I'm excited about. And also, of course, physicians is also been another space that I'm going to be speaking to. I got I had a few opportunities just to see how um, now wellness is not a foreign word. It's no longer a bad word when we're talking about in, within the healthcare field, right? Um, saying that there's time to rest. It's not a bad word. Burnout is at an all-time high. And there's a lot of literature that is linking insufficient sleep to burnout. And actually, it's one of the, it's part of the definition of burnout. So I'm really looking to tackle that within the healthcare space. And so, um, you know, in physicians, nurses, shift workers, and all that, um, so really hoping to change that landscape a bit. So more more of that to come. <laughs> All right, I'm looking at Jerry because I know he's getting ready to come in and tell us that you're uh, that our time is up a bit. Okay. <laughs> I was just about to say though, it looks like Emerson has uh, something to ask. Go ahead, Emerson. Well, if we have time, I, I think it's always interesting to ask about special cases. You know, you've especially being at the organizations you've been a part of you get to see some extraordinary um, cases, things that are tragic, things that are incredible. If you could point to some, some interesting moment in time as a physician, what would be one of those cases that really, you know, our listeners would, would be able to draw a lot from that you learned a lot from that, you know, maybe it was even transitional for you as a, as a, you know, a pediatric sleep specialist. Is there is there sort of that moment in time that there was a tipping point maybe for you in your practice? Yeah, I mean, I literally think it was one case that actually moved me out of my the four walls of my exam room. And it was a it was a parent that brought her child in again. Um she was a, an attorney, very well established, Look, on the outside looked like life was perfect. That brought in her um, a child with T20 trisomy 21 Down syndrome for evaluation for poor sleep. Right, so there was again medical issues going on. She had I think she had sleep apnea, but she had significant um, autism and some behavioral issues as well. So mom hadn't been sleeping, and so we walked on the child sleep. We talked. We came up with a plan. She was going to get the sleep study. I provided some behavioral strategies, and the same thing I did. I turned around. 
and I asked mom and I said so how's it going and you know she just burst out crying and that day that very morning before she came to see me um, her husband walked out of the house he just said he couldn't do it anymore he was done and to think and sleep it was because she had been so she was so exhausted because of her child's sleep that she herself couldn't recognize herself anymore and know her husband didn't want to be part of that and so for me that helped me realize oh my goodness I can't stay here I can't stay just seeing one person at a time because this is a this is change this is going to impact lives right like it's a child not sleeping I would think oh yeah they're not sleeping but this is a, a marriage that was literally falling apart because of sleep. So, I mean, we talk about car crashes from insufficient sleep, right? We talk about heart disease. We talk about all those things, but the impact it has in the family unit is just really something that's never been, not really been completely tapped into. And so that right there, that moment was a pivotal moment for me to say, okay, we got to go. <laughs> so, Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you, Dr. Brown. That's that's exactly what I was hoping you would share. That's that's incredible. Thank you. Great story. Doc, thank you so much. And it's it's evident, very evident, the passion that you have and the passion that you bring to the clinic and the clinical space and to your patients. And we thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you guys so much for having me. I've had such a fun time today. And we're glad and uh, we are out of time when uh, once again, we thank you and we thank our audience, everyone out there for listening, for viewing. And we thank you for all the likes. We thank you for all the comments and especially the shares. Don't forget to share this and allow the show to keep to keep growing. We also thank our sponsors. We can't thank them enough. With that being said, we want to say thank you all. And until next time, lights on. All right, another fantastic show with another fabulous guest. Wouldn't you guys agree? Oh my gosh, she's fantastic. I love Dr. Brown. We we could have her on every every other week and and talk about a different topic and and uh, and learn a lot from her. Um, fantastic work, Emerson. I'll let you go first today to give yeah, your your summary. Absolutely, I I think the beautiful part of what she does, and we're seeing this with you know, some of our other guest physicians that we've had on, on the show is really looking at the whole family, the whole patient, really doing, reaching beyond the stereotypical sleep diagnosis treatment pattern that we've seen for the last 35 years. And it's, it's so refreshing to see physicians like Dr. Brown really step into a space. She's another entrepreneur you know, that, that's come on sleep type talk. And so she's found out this new niche in pediatric sleep. And, and now she's stepping into that space. She's taking care of mom. She's taking care of dad. She's taking care of kids. It's a whole family and it's extraordinarily beautiful to see. I, I think it's really cool that you hit the nail on the head there when you said, you know, it's pediatric sleep, but she's taking care of mom. She's taking care of the family. I remember back in med school when we had pediatric um, during our pediatric postings, one of the things that we were taught was you can't just look at the child. The If there is any sort of illness, you have to understand what are the other parameters that are going on. And that's often forgotten now with modern medicine, the way things are going. And it, it was so refreshing to hear her talk about 
hey, I when I just turned around and asked the mother, how are you doing? And the mother starts bursting into tears and explaining this situation is really challenging. And she's able to reconnect and reconstruct the family unit because of that. I think that's tremendous. That that's it that's a true practice. Exactly. Yes, that's right. It doesn't fit the algorithm. That's right. Yeah. You know what she said that I I I, I even wrote it down because I I forget it myself. But she said, you know, sleep is a superpower, and a lot of times we forget that. You know, so we need to make that a a, a mantra for our profession. Um, you know, even in my presentation that I've done at a few different conferences, I talk about the fact that sleep is no longer a, a pillar of health. It's the foundation of health. And, right. you know, if we if we consider sleep our superpower, you know, then we're going to prioritize it. And, uh, and and, you know, she certainly does that with families. And, you know, it sounds like, you know, based on the story that she told us that she's been able to, to salvage relationships. And, and, you know, I don't know that we heard the 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 ending for that family, but I'm sure it it all worked out and everybody's back together because their sleep was was corrected. You know, uh, the sleep is is a superpower. I think we first heard that on our show with Soda when Soda Soda Kuchkowski came on. She actually said Early that. On. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and to hear that now at the end of the year, uh, it's so cool to hear this again. I think and uh, I think you're right. We need to make that as as a profession. Or, as our mantra that sleep is a superpower. All right, gents, I think that's a great place to stop. What do you think? Yeah. We'll call it. Sounds good. Another great, another great episode. Another thank you, Dr. Brown, episode. for joining us. Amen. Amen. Thank you. And folks out there, thank you all so much. Until next time, cheers. Before we go, we would like to thank our sponsor, MedBridge Healthcare. MedBridge Healthcare is developing innovative inpatient post-discharge and population health programs to screen comorbid conditions, diagnose, and treat sleep disorders. Learn more about their innovative solutions and career opportunities at medbridgehealthcare.com. Once again, you can learn more about their innovative solutions and career opportunities at medbridgehealthcare.com.